Naked ABCs, where we cover all the songs alphabetically and guarantee a good time. That's right, we are the only Bare Naked Ladies podcast that guarantees a good time. Why? Because that is the song that we're discussing tonight, so we can guarantee that we will cover the song someday, being today. And joining me tonight is Tyler Boudreaux. Thank you for joining me, Tyler. Hey, Tracy, it's uh, actually me, Patrick Warburton. Uh, I figured I'd stop in and talk about this, this song. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Bare Naked Ladies fan, and I figured I'd, you know, talk. Uh, Tyler Tyler and I are good friends, so I, I figured I'd just talk talk for him. Well, thank you so much for doing that. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, Tracy. <laughs> I, wanted to drop the, I wanted to drop the Patty Warbucks on you. Oh, well, it worked. I was going with it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's me, Tyler. Hi, I'm back. Either you love me or you hate me. <laughs> I know you were here just a few weeks ago, but you you really you picked out this song since the beginning. Like you had had this song on our list for quite some time. I think it was even the second song you requested. I mean, for me it's just because I love the 2017 collaboration with the persuasions the whole album is one of my favorite bare naked ladies products that's ever been made bare naked ladies and the persuasions ladies and gentlemen is what that album is called (laughs) so yeah well it's funny because like we're doing this alphabetically and we literally coincidentally just covered this album last week oh what, what was it um gonna walk gonna walk oh but gonna walk is already a song Unless you did it twice. Well, well, yes, but it was the song that they covered on on the Persuasions album. This was the, and I think you're right. This is the only song on this album other than the Kevin song that was only a. This is their only time as a bare naked ladies that it's ever been recorded. Yeah, ooh, that's a good one too. I will say about "Gonna Walk," like the the preferred the preferred version of "Gonna Walk" is live with the audience participation. Oh, see, see, Catherine and I both disagree with you. Catherine and I both felt last week that "Gonna Walk" done by by Bare Naked Ladies and the Persuasions was the best version. I mean, it's pretty good, but I, I okay, I guess the, the thing with "Gonna Walk" is what it came out on Grinning Streak, and no one listens to Grinning Streak. But you go see Bare Naked Ladies live, and then you're like, "Oh, that's a really good song." It makes you want to like go back and listen to that song again because the the yeah. audience participate. So that's the credit I give it. Although, okay, I, I, I can understand that, but I still say musically, the Persuasions version is far superior. Yeah, and I just like the the whole aesthetic of this album is perfect. I don't like the whole album. I will be completely and utterly honest. I think I think there are a couple of songs that don't accelerate the song, that don't lift the song up the way that it deserves. This is not one of those songs, obviously. Um, first of all, it's not a bare naked lady song until this album, um, but as well, I think it's actually a really good rendition of this song. Oh, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, we're talking about good times tonight. Not gonna walk. <laughs> we'll have ourselves a grand time. Oh, baby, yeah. 
but it's funny that we get to do two two persuasion songs in a row. It was not written by the Persuasions, though. Ooh, who wrote it? It was written by Ted Darrell. Oh, Ted Darrell. And also added a little bit extra by Ed Robertson. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's got the rap. Now, have you ever heard of Ted Darrell? Um, you know, I said, oh, Ted Darrell, like I would know, but I actually don't. <laughs> he has done very little. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted Darrell. I don't think he's even still alive, but... He's no Burt Bacharach, who's just kind of, like, secretly written a bunch of songs. No, no. And matter of fact, this is the only song other than Sugar. Your sunshine smiles no more for a while. Is ready to send. That he actually wrote by himself. And I'm not talking Sugar Sugar, which was covered by the Archies. It's just called Sugar. Um, I went through this week and listened to all the other songs. Out of all the other songs he's written, which, let me go over them. Beatles Please Come Back, which was his his song begging the Beatles to please come back to America. Um, written in 1964. Country Girl, City Man, which he both of those he wrote with Chip Taylor in 19 and this one was in 1968. I was born in New York City. I was born in Georgia. Girl, you're looking kind of pretty. Don't you think we ought to get to know each other better? Take the time to find out why we can. Good Times, he wrote by himself. She Cried, he wrote with Greg Richards in Sugar, I don't actually have the year on which he released that one. But it's interesting. Like, I would have thought that the persuasions for this or for this album would have chosen a song that they themselves had written. There were, matter of fact, there was a lot of. I was going down through the albums listening, going, what, what would have been a better one for them to choose if they could only choose one? And I was like, okay, I have to get rid of all the ones that they haven't written because they've done a lot of covers. But this was a cover. <laughs> Well, was it a cover or was it just a song that this other guy wrote and the Persuasions had were the ones who performed it? It was covered. So the first time it was ever sung was by Jerry Butler. Okay, so I but it's it's the Persuasions now, most popular it, song is Good Times. If you look them up on Spotify, it's the number 1 and number 2 hit. It is their most popular song. And it also is the their version is a lot more popular than Jerry Butler's version. So in yeah, a lot of so, ways, it was made theirs. And back in the 60s and the 70s, that's kind of the M.O. It's like sometimes you write the song and some someone performs it, and then the four tops do it, and then the four tops have the hit version. Right. <laughs> and it's usually the four tops back then that get the credit. Or the Supremes. Right, right. Or the Temptations. <laughs> yeah. We can, we're going to go on for quite some time. Uh or Smokey Robinson. Mm-hmm. Or the Persuasions. Yeah, when did the so when did the good good times by the Persuasions come out? Ooh, that is an excellent question. And I uh 1971. Ooh, good year. Uh it was their third album, which was Street Corner Symphony. Symphony. What else came out in 1971? Little little bit of um, uh, like what like Ram? <laughs> 
You know what? I don't know. Did Ram come out in 71? Hold on. Let Google do this for me. Best albums of 71. Led Zeppelin 4. Okay, well, that one wins. <laughs> Pretty solid. Yeah. Automatically. Uh, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Yep. Gotcha. Who's Next by The Who. Okay. Yep. Um, Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Is Who's Next where where, where they started doing uh, like Bob O'Reilly and Won't Be Fooled Again? Yep. Bubba O'Reilly was on it. Won't Get Fooled Again, I think, is also on that same album. Won't Get Fooled Again was the last one on the it's a album. better song. Hot take. Won't Get Fooled Again is better than Bubba O'Reilly. <laughs> I am not taking that. Why are we talking about this? I want to know what year Ram came out. Oh, Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones came out this year. Metal by Pink Floyd. Like, there were a lot of good albums that year. Um, so I could see why that might get buried a little bit. And... For the record, I just looked it up, and Ram did come out in 1971. So, And Ram is my favorite Paul McCartney album. I figured it was around then. I couldn't remember if it was 71 or 70. So, Well, I think McCartney came out in 70. Okay, that's probably what it was. What, so what are we talking about? Bare Naked Ladies? We're talking about Bare Naked Ladies. We're talking, and I'm, actually right now I'm just out here flexing my random Beatles knowledge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right now we're actually talking about the Persuasions. Um, so how much did you know about the Persuasions before this album came out? Zero, I would say. Well, let me lay down a little bit of knowledge about this group then. Oh, yeah, lay down that knowledge. Ooh, lay it down, Tracy. <laughs> so, I, I don't have... I hey, don't girl, have a... Tracy's about to lay it down <laughs> on you. <laughs> okay, what song is that? I, want, I need to put that in as the new clip. <laughs> They're an acapella group that began singing together in Brooklyn, New York in the mid-60s. Um, they liken themselves as gospel, soul, early rock, and jazz kind of all mixed together. They yeah. do five-part harmony, <laughs> harmonies. Um, now, the interesting thing is they were discovered by Frank Zappa. Um, before that, they, they kind of did some stuff with a small label, wasn't really getting distributed much, and then Frank heard them. And he shipped them out to his studio out on the West Coast and had them record. And that's when they started taking off. Um, since then, they've recorded 25 albums. Wow. I guess uh, the question the, there would be, has the uh, has the cast of the Persuasions remained the same for all these years? I was just it seems say, like the sort of group where you can swap in and out. They haven't changed a lot, but they have changed because three of their, four of their main members have died. In 1988, we lost Herbert Rode. In 2012, we lost Sweet Joe Russell. In 2017, we we lost the bass singer Joe Bro, the ba Mr. Bassman Hay. Hey, Mr. Bassman. And in 2019, we lost the lead singer and the creator of the group jerry lawson they've had a number of people who have taken over a number of those although i don't think they've done anything since jerry's died yeah the original cast of them the usual the the original group was jimmy hayes jerry lawson joe russell jiotis wilson uh, washington and herbert road so i like four of the they five all had, they all they all had g names except the last guy <laughs> <laughs> that's true or J names, sorry. J names. And four out of the five of the original people are, are dead, which is very sad. 
Yeah, it's too Uh-oh. bad, but it's the sort of group where, as long as the spirit of the band kind of makes it through, then you can kind of rotate the cast. True. They have three. They have 25 albums, as I mentioned before. Three of them are tribute albums. So the first one, of course, was to Frank Zappa, called Frankly a Acapella. The second one was a Beatles tribute, which you know yep. was called the Be- the Persuasion Sing the Beatles. Um, excellent album, by the way. I played their cover of Obla Di Obla Da on my college radio show the other day. Mm. That's going to be gorgeous. It's fine, you know. <laughs> and then they covered The Grateful Dead with the album called Might As Well. That's kind of where the persuasions have come from. Tonight's appearance, I'm going to jump ahead and let you know that tonight's appearance is a YouTube video. It's like, I want to say like 10 minutes long, 18 minutes long. And it's them having an interview talking about the story of how this album came to be with the Bare Naked Ladies. But they also talk about Lou Reed, how he was discovered, how these two bands discovered each other, uh, their mutual respect for each other, how they decided which songs would be on here. It's, it's a very intricate interview, and I actually like it a lot. Um, I highly recommend anyone who's enjoying this album to go out and listen to this interview. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to it in advance of the show, and that's my bad. But <laughs> the idea of them talking about what songs are included on the album is interesting to me. Like, how do you choose uh, like some fantastic, which is one of my favorite Bare Naked Ladies songs, mm-hmm. and then like uh, the one about uh, knitting a sweater? <laughs> I can sing. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Let's pick one off the kids' album here. I think their major thing was like. Bare Naked Ladies was, and this is me summarizing what they said, Bare Naked Ladies went in to try to figure out which ones have great harmonies that they can build off from because they knew that was the strength of the Persuasions. Yeah. And the Persuasions went in listening going, okay, which songs have room for us to fit in here? Which ones have space? where we could come in yeah and so that was their big focus (laughs) and which ones don't have steve so that we can (laughs) sing on them well there were yeah they do choose some steve songs and uh well we'll get to those when we get to those steve songs because i have some thoughts on that (laughs) um this song so originally it was the persuasions that sang it as you let me hold you tight Everything is gonna be alright. Oh yes, it is. Everything is gonna be alright, baby. This is Things are looking real bad. I do like the original Persuasions version. You can hear Jimmy Hayes' deep, deep bass voice the best on that one. Uh, it really kind of booms through behind everyone. But I like this song. The ver- I like this version the most. The pers- the the bare naked ladies. They're version. very they're very different versions. The original mm-hmm. good times. It has a more somber tone to it. I agree. Which makes the content of the lyrics very different because the tone is kind of this like slow like kind of interesting romp, and the lyrics are about like how even when times are tough we can be happy, which of course. I think is well done through this playing of the song. And that, as I just said, it's like got this slower, more somber tone to it, but it is, is also full of joy. And then the bare naked ladies version is just pure ecstasy in a, in a much more fun way. I would say that the original version kind of, like you had said, this is a bittersweet song. This is a song that really kind of plays on there. Like this is a bad time in our life, but as long as I have you and we're kind of talking about the lyrics now, but that that's what we're playing on is like, as long as I have you and I have our love, then like all these bad things that are in our life 
don't matter. We'll we'll get through it together. Yeah, and, I... um, and they use a lot of like different metaphors and different ways of saying it, but that's the basic message. The original version, because of the somber mood of it, and it's not like totally somber, but it is a little bit slower, a little bit. I, I might even be in a different key. Um, I'm not sure. But just the slowness of it gives it that feel of like we're focusing a little bit more on the sadness of the moment. And then the Bare Naked Ladies version, because of the heart, the the organs and all that stuff that's playing in, gives it a little bit brighter of a picture and plays more on the it doesn't matter I have you kind of feel. Yeah, and I, I will agree the instrumentation is really what brings out the fun of the Bare Naked Ladies edition. Because even just the simple addition of Tyler on drums, where just a simple drum beat can add so much to a song. Kevin on the organs is a pretty good filler for the background. So the original acapella version is has a full sound, but the acapella is, is the interesting kind of format where it does feel that kind of empty background, which perhaps supports this idea of contrast between form and content. But Kevin on the organs really fills it out. And, I mean, there is an, kind of an opening bass line. And that, and that opening bass line from Jim is really fun. And that's probably matched by some of the singers doing that too, right? Yeah. Or maybe not. It, well, it starts out... So, so we start off with Jim's bass kicking in. And my <laughs> first note... <laughs> is that this reminds me of The Temptations singing Just My Imagination. Yeah, or definitely, yeah. I the Yeah, the first couple notes of My Girl are definitely like, okay, just a, a few a few bass notes and then everyone comes in, yeah. Right, and, it, and it's one of my favorite, those two songs are my favorite type of, from that era of this type of music. And it's just like, it brings back all those feels from hearing that. Um, all those wonderful feelings that I have and memories of that connect to those songs are come back with those just those first couple bass lines from Jim, and it really elevates the song right off. And then you're right, we, hear, we then we have Kevin coming in with the keys, and we have Tyler coming in with the drums, and it really brings the song to a different level. Yeah, and I'm, just the idea of like instru- like instrumentation, like it becomes more of a a straight up rock and roll song as opposed to an acapella song where it it kind of just the the tempo can kind of waver in an interesting way and this is just, they're kind of just playing it straight right i want to focus on the harmonies but it's hard to focus on the harmonies cuz every single time that we talk about the persuasions we're going to be talking about the harmonies that's what they provide so amazingly well and that's why they're brought in they they have beautiful voices that just blend amazingly to together as well as with the bare naked ladies and the instruments yeah and i think well the harmonies just the the chorus where they're singing good times good times it's just so fully fleshed out that it's just it's heavenly to listen to and then obviously the verses are more one person singing and then the acapella background singing well that's the thing is in the background you've got the ooze and the ahs and it really yeah add, Ooh, the ooze and the ahs you have the ooze and the ahs wow what about the A's? <laughs> Tracy was taking a sip of water. There's no Fonzie in this song. <laughs> hey. I recently watched the 1948 film of um, Caesar and Cleopatra, and there's a scene 
in that Apollodorus calls for a boatman and he says, Hey, boatman. And the boatman goes, Hey, <laughs> and it's very confusing why that exists in a Caesar and Cleopatra movie. Interesting side note. Th- these are the kind of tangents you get with me. <laughs> and then I have Just, to sit you know, there and try to figure out how to bring it back from that. <laughs> 70 year old movies. <laughs> I don't have... Hey, uh, I'll say something about the persuasions. That would be great, because I don't have a lot of notes about this. What I like about them, especially in this album, which came out in 2017, mm-hmm. is I love that they're all just old men. Like, it's so... They're so good. It's just so brilliant. Like, it's one thing to be, like, an acapella group singing in the 70s, where that's kind of, like, adjacent to a type of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles genre. It's another thing to be guys that have been doing it for 50 years and just all their lived experience in the, like in the YouTube video where they're all in the studio, you could just see it on their faces how gifted they are and how, like how the music is just inside of them. It reminds me of the scene in um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou where the gravediggers are singing. Yes, right before the flood. I forget what the name of the song they're singing is, but it's just it's all you just you just the heart of music lives in these kind of old like old soul harmonies, and it's so good. That's what music is. Lonesome Valley is the name of the song from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh, okay. There we go. I love that song. Yeah. I mentioned this with the first time that we covered a song off this album quite some time ago when we were, I think I was talking with Mill. It's amazing that they came, they came in and they had a day and a half in the studio and they literally, like they had never been together in the studio before. They came in the first half day they practiced together. The second day they recorded and that was it. Like that was the whole experience. They did this whole album pretty much a day. Sounds great. It is amazing the amount of perf- and especially considering that the Bare Naked Ladies also had to make slight arrangement modifications. They're not they're not playing the old apartment as rock and roll as they would be playing it during a concert. They're playing it with this kind of subtle laid back version with the persuasion. So they had to fix what they were doing as well as the person. And the persuasions for this song had to pick up the beat from what they were doing and give it a lighter tone. Yeah. And they just did this quickly and, and with, it doesn't even seem like it gave them a lot of effort to have to do this. They blended so well together and the persuasions were so professional. They just like, and they, and they enjoyed it. It wasn't just like they're professionals. They're knocking out an album. They all like, and you watch the video, they are having a grand time, a good time singing this song. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've got what you've got 80 to a hundred years of music career in that room. Like, Oh, with just the persuasions alone. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I guess just each band, respectively, has so much. Like, Bare Naked Ladies have 30 years. Persuasions 50. have almost 50 years. Yeah, like, how much experience is going into this re- recording session? I mean, the classic example is the Beatles recording Please Please Me in a day just because they had been t- trucking it 16-hour concerts in Germany. Right, and they were just like, oh, yeah, we just got to do this again. Like, boom. <laughs> But you don't get the feel of, like, they're just, like, playing without soul. Like, they really are are loving the interaction between each other in this song. Yeah, and you can see the fun on their faces, whether it be, like, Ed doing his little rap or just Tyler, you know, always having a good time behind the kit. 
And I have to wonder if this was completely at improvising in the moment. They told him, like, you're going to have, like, 30 seconds. You're going to have this many bars. Just go. Enjoy it. Stay on topic. Go. And he did. Ed, when he's improvising, you know, it doesn't always stay on topic. One week being a perfect example of that. But this song, like the... It's a 16-bar solo. I just counted it out in my head. Nice job. (laughs) In this 16 bars, he's stuck on topic for what they were trying to get to. Well, I mean, the classic thing for Ed is, if you listen to the old bootlegs, is he'll always just say, like, my name is Ed. I'm going to pass it over to Steve. Like, right. <laughs> like, that's his classic fare. And I, I mean, this probably isn't totally improvised. Uh, it's, it's the kind of semi-improvised where he, prob- I, he probably improvised it to start. But then he he eventually he probably practiced it and perfected it. Maybe. I don't know. I get the feeling that was pretty improvised. Like, he can come up with better lyrics than this if he's got a day. <laughs> They're not bad lyrics. They just they feel improvised. It's like when they say a movie scene is improvised. What they mean is it's just it wasn't in the script. But the actors that day came up with it and thought it would be a good idea. Right. It's not like they were on camera and they just said it. It was realized in a shorter amount of time. Right. These lyrics are not online. You have the original lyrics online. The the new lyrics with Ed's piece are not online. So what he says is, good times because the times are good. And if you aren't feeling, then maybe you should. Give it a chance because maybe I'm the one. Before you know it, good times have begun. I know about bad times, had my share, was before I had wrinkles and before I had gray hair. Made some dinner and a bottle of wine. Come and sit next to me and have a good time. I mean, yeah, that's like pretty straightforward, like just like a breakdown rap. That's something John Mayer can do in his sleep or something. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because the rest of the song, it sounds like they've been, like the couple has been together for a long time. You know, they're they're in a long-term relationship and that's, but they're, they're going to make it through the hard times. Ed's rap is very much new relationship. Give it a chance, because maybe I'm the one. Like, this is a new relationship type of, of situation. And the idea there is that because Ed is clearly a new voice in the song, that the dichotomy is is more acceptable, because yeah. the persuasion singing about this old and Ed singing about new, the contrast works. Yeah, no, and I don't think that the bridge doesn't work. The breakdown rap doesn't work. It actually It's a little silly. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And I think that's the thing. Like, it's not so much silly. Like, Ed's definitely written sillier lyrics than this. But it's definitely fun. I like. I get a feeling of fun when I'm watching him sing this. Yeah. I like it. I like I like the breakdown rap in the middle there. It's kind of cool. Ooh, a breakdown. <laughs> oh, no. Don't, don't make me... Pl- oh, you did it. All right, fine. <laughs> but I don't know how to break this song down. I guess I'm going to have to go over to TuneBat. We don't... I don't think we're going to have anything from Aaron tonight, so we're going to have to go over to TuneBat. TuneBat, what do we have about this song? Good time. It's about 120 beats per minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> Were you counting them the whole time I was talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the, the whole last minute, I counted how many beats the song was. <laughs> so it's in the... What did you say? How many beats? I said 120. That was my oh, guess. Oh, not quite. So it was the original was 86 beats per minute. The Bare Naked Ladies version is 95 beats per minute. So it's only a well, slight yeah, guess, uptick. Well, I guess it also it also depends on what you're counting. Because are you counting one, two, three, four, or are you counting one, two, three, four? I right. I 
I mean, I know that beats per minute exists, and I play music occasionally, but I really don't have a the, the metronome in my head, so I wasn't <laughs> actually. And then it's in the key of D major. Oh, classic key. Yeah, I, we keep coming back to this. Uh, I, I mean, I was I, I just said classic key. I, I would have said that no matter what you said. <laughs> you always throw cla- that's a classic key for them. That that's just classic. Actually, I'll, yeah, it's like the joke. I'm guessing that that is more of a persuasions key than anything else because Ed does not stick to to D's very often. Uh, we'll we'll have the breakdown uh, <laughs> at the end of the series of of how each of them break down their songs. But just taking a quick look, Ed t- seems to stick in the A major range most of the time. Well, I, and a the and thing G. for acapella, the thing for acapella is that you need to mod it for the singer's voices and not the instruments well yeah and you get to mod it for all five like getting a five-part harmony yeah. is so important and and you can only have so many keys that you can probably pull that off with yeah so uh what else do we talk about on this show so i don't have a lot more to say about the song <laughs> any part of the the non-breakdown lyrics that you enjoy i guess hmm that's a good question. I hadn't really looked at. I can't afford those fancy dancing places. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, I like the and my pockets don't seem to have a jingle. Like that's a ne- nice way to say I don't have much money. <laughs> it's a little onomatopoeia. <laughs> it's and I think they're just having fun with the song, and I think that's what I like about it. Yeah, and that, and that's most evident in the end with the kind of decrescendo of the song where like everyone's kind of singing their own little thing, but it all merges together really well. It's definitely, there's something there that's really special. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't have a lot more to add about this song, so why don't we put some numbers to this? All right, I got to figure out a rating here. Okay, so in the in the recorded version, Ed sings, made a nice dinner bottle of wine. Okay. And so can it be a, a dinner bottle of wine? Sure. I like that. As if huh. as if that as, as if that is a singular unit and not something that Ed forgot to put a conjunction between. <laughs> How many dinner wines do you give this? <laughs> Ooh, me? Yeah, how many dinner wines do you give this song? Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's out of five, right? Out of five, yes, zero to five. Okay, I'm hovering between just giving it like a like a four point five or a five, like. Let's go. Let's go. Like four point seven. Four point seven. Wow, you really love this song a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'll sing it every once in a while, just kind of walking around. It's it's a fun song. I, over the summer, I was singing it, and my buddy Charlie was like, "Hey, I know that song," but he only knew it because it was used as a sample in a a different song. So I was like, "Oh, that's weird." I don't I don't know what song samples it. That that might be another side project. I'm gonna have to go. I'm looking up all all the songs that I've kind of done in the past. I'm going to have to go with a 3.75. Okay. It doesn't quite enter into the four range. I mean, the, the fours are a pretty elite range for me. Uh, I mean, we've got some some pretty heavy hitters up up in the four range. I think so, what I think what really hits it for me is the the un, like the the union of everything, like and the fact that it's I guess what what else is it's it's the persuasions only like if if they were a one hit wonder this would be their one hit sure so i i feel like the quality of that this song is kind of what makes the persuasions them and so i'm giving i'm giving like an extra star to their existence almost <laughs> uh, and 3.75 is not a bad 
bad score. For me, that's that's way up. Like our halfway mark's the two point five, so it's way above the halfway mark. It just doesn't reach into that upper echelon for me. Like of songs like "Get in Line" and and "Fox on the Run" and "Fun and Games" and like. What are these songs that you're saying are in, in the upper echelon? <laughs> <laughs> I just listed them. Four seconds. Fox on. I don't even know what that song is. <laughs> Well, you have to go back and listen to that episode then. Okay. Um, well, that's, I don't listen to the episodes of the songs I don't know because I, I don't know the song. Well, that's the whole point. Listen to the episodes you don't know so that way you get to know them. <laughs> okay. Some great songs. I actually love Fox on the Run. I think it's an amazing song. doesn't get enough credit. I prefer Bull in a China Shop. I don't like Bull in a China Shop that much. I like it, but it's not like my favorite in the world. But even that, I thought was like a four point two five. I like it. So, what's the average rating? What does that put it around? Do we do we got that? I don't. I mean, because right now I don't have Aaron's or Michelle. Michelle's on hiatus for a little while because that boulder landed on her and like knocked her out, and she's she's gone oh, for no. a while. Yeah, she was trying to search for Aaron, and like so she's. Well, did well? Did she get her arm trapped in the boulder and have to cut it off? Now, Michelle's out for a while because she she was trying to to find Aaron. She went into this into this big old place and and, and this ancient Aztec or, or Mayan temple and like found like this golden statue that had a clue on the bottom of it. But then like this boulder like chasing after her, she ran out, got out of the way. But then she was captured. She she was captured by someone I don't know who. So I, I don't know when we're gonna get her back. Was Alfred Molina there? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. But I will say about this. Michelle and Aaron, they sure are national treasures. Uh, you know what I think? I think they're off together right now having a good time. Oh, Not that kind of good time because Aaron's Aaron's engaged and, and Michelle has a, a husband. But not, Yeah, they're, they're playing pinball or something. Yeah. That's a good time. <laughs> they're, they're playing silver ball. So we don't have their scores, and I haven't had their scores on a number of songs for a while, so I can't really re-rank that. But between the two of us, it comes out to a 4.23, which puts it up around Be My Yoko Ono, Flying Dreams, uh, Am I the Only One. So it's in a pretty good area. Ooh, Am I the Only One is a 5, though. (laughs) See, oh, oh, that that brings up old discussions. (laughs) (laughs) We had a lot of arguments on that one. Are you saying that music is like subjective and it can mean different things to different people? I am. I am. Except for when it's when I'm reading it and then that's the only correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tyler, where can people find you if they agree with your ratings? Uh, Good question. Okay, so the Amateur Nerds is our brand. And so you can find that on Twitter and online. Google us. You can find our Podbean or whatever whatever pod server we're using because we might be changing and so our old project was fantastic mr fox minute where we analyzed fantastic mr fox one minute at a time our current project is the evil podcast of evil where we talk about dr horrible in about uh, 12 or 14 segments not minute by minute just kind of bigger segments and then in the future we'll we will be starting wildcat minute which is an analysis an analysis of high school musical one minute at a time so if any of those sound interesting to you, follow the Amateur Nerds on Twitter. Or, of course, you can follow me at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y, on Twitter. I recently 
had a good uh, picture of some uh, political commentary some, from some fridge magnets. So if you want to know what the fridge magnets were saying, follow me. <laughs> and as always, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter um, at Bare Naked ABCs. And if you, I would highly encourage people to go out and have discussions on either Facebook or on our on our webpage, which is bowlingstormtrooperentertainment.com uh, it's a long name but we're the only ones that have it uh, and actually it's the one we I should want. get bowlingstormtrooper.pizza <laughs> no it's not bowlingstormtrooper.pizza don't go out and look that up I don't know what that is go there we're actually having some really great discussions with people on both Facebook and at the webpage um, I encourage, encourage it I'd love to have conversations with people about these songs that's why i started the podcast to begin with i do want to take a minute to wax poet so tyler go wax your legs <laughs> this is gonna sound like i'm signing off and i'm not but i am going somewhere with what i'm about to say so come with me and have a good time for a minute uh because i want to share a good time from my week so two years ago i started this podcast as a chance to put into the spotlight a band that i feel didn't get enough love uh, there wasn't even a podcast about the band that had brought me so much joy. So I wanted to bring them some. And I never thought that it would pay out dividends. And, and financially, it hasn't. I'm still in debt, literally, to this show. However, this week has proven that money can't buy you love. Wait, nope. That was the Beatles. But this podcast has brought me joy and experiences and taught me a lot of life lessons. It's given me a chance to talk to idols who I never imagined being able to meet. Susan Rogers, Dean Friedman, Melanie Doan, Dave Foley. And, and, a, me, and me, Patrick Warburg. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Stephen Page. In my first interview, I had the chance to talk to one of my idols that I, for over 25 years. Next week, I pay you guys back, the listeners, and as well as get another accomplishment for myself. So you see, this podcast has taught me a lot. It's taught me to put myself on the line for embarrassment time and again. Uh, anyone who's connected with our Twitter page definitely sees the amount of embarrassment I'm willing to take. I'm constantly reaching out to people that I admire to ask them to come on our show. Uh, people I never thought would say yes. Stephen, Dave Foley, Susan, Dean, those are all the yeses. But for every yes, there's been nine people I never heard back from, which makes sense. Uh, I won't say their names here for two reasons. One, they have the right to decide if they don't want to appear on a show and don't they don't need to say yes. And two, maybe they're just yeses that haven't answered in yet because that's what happened this week. I was certain that I would never talk to next week's guests. I sent out the request three or four weeks ago and was sure I would never hear back from them. I mean, who am I? But next week's interviewer was, or interviewee, was gracious enough, as all the other interviews, to give us a chance and to say yes. And I want to say thank you to that person, but I will do that next week. Right now, I want to encourage everyone that's listening to do what this podcast has required of me. Take the chance. Reach for a star. Because you might not hear anything, but once in a while, even if it's only once in your life, you get a yes. 
and that yes is amazing. So reach, try, strive. It is worth it. And if it doesn't turn out well, you can blame it on me. With that being said... I, wait, I was going to say, you, you, the Wax Poetic thing is from Blame It On Me, but that's clearly not the next song alphabetically. It isn't. And it took me took me so long to sing the song in my head to get to Blame It On Me. <laughs> I'm very confused now. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in some ways hinting at who might be on next week. Um, because it would be a little too obvious to, to go moo. But I want to welcome you all back next week as I get the chance that I've been looking for for a long time to interview Andy Cregan. And Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm extremely excited. Um, and the whole time that I feel like I'm doing it, I'm going to feel like I'm in grade nine, which is the, the song the week afterwards. So uh, that, will, <laughs> that will be the song for the new year. But next week, come back and join us for Christmas Eve, for my Christmas present to all of you. For you to to listen to an interview with Andy Cregan. Should old acquaintance be <laughs> forgot and never brought to mind? You know I'm keeping that in for the end of the episode, right? <laughs> oh, you can. Old bare naked ladies, old lang sign changed my life. How so? I just it, it, it's giving me a lot of joy. I don't know. <laughs> I wrote a little. Wrote a little short story about Old Lang Syne once in my creative writing class. It was like a 30-minute, like, hey, just write a story about a, a holiday. So I wrote about Old Lang Syne. It was pretty good. We'll have to send it to us. We'll have to read it. Uh, well, yeah, we'll do a lot. I don't even know if I have that. It's in, like, an old notebook somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, come back next week as I get to wax poetic and, and talk to one of my major idols that I've wanted to talk to for years, Mr. Andy Cregan. Thank you so much, and have a good night. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.